Tonight at, at GZM, we're going to continue in our teachings about the ABCs, and tonight we're going to be investigating the letter D, which is deception. So often in our lives, we've come across deception, and the, the main problem with deception is that we don't even really know that we're being deceived. Sometimes we deceive ourselves, sometimes people deceive us. Sometimes the enemy's at hand and he's twisting us all about, you know, getting us to focus on the wrong things. And deception has this way of keeping us stuck. But it also has this way of making it look like it's real. Because we all know a bold lie that we instantly can tell when someone's lying to us. The problem with deception is, is it looks right, or it sounds right, but yet something's just off. And so often we you know, are, are trying to live our lives, and we're trying to get free of one area or another, and we're trying to figure out Jesus, and we're trying to, to build this relationship with him. And there's things in our minds that keep us stuck from growing. It's almost like you know, that we're hooked to something. Because we, we try to press in and something just isn't working. You know, and then another lie that we believe is that, you know, that we try and try and try to do the right thing. And when things don't happen our way, that we need to begin to help God. And we deceive ourselves. You know, a lot of times we, we see you know, areas in our lives that we want to change and we begin to, to apply spiritual principles and we begin to, to walk down these these roads of change and when change or healing or breakthrough doesn't happen in the time frame that we, we think it's going to have, you know, have happened, you know, we give up and we get discouraged and we return back to, you know, our ways of doing things and you know, what's the point? And we give up really quickly when we're hanging on to things that aren't quite the truth. You know, that Jesus, you know, gives us a lot of different truths throughout the New Testament. You know, and there's a lot of different truths, you know, in in the Bible. You know, but so often we believe our, our feelings. You know, and our feelings lie to us. We get deceived by our feelings. You know, and it it doesn't mean that feelings can't be genuine and it doesn't mean that feelings can't be true. But normally, you know, when we're hurt and the emotion kind of rises to the head, our brain, our intellectual mind begins to turn off because emotion's flooding and we, we tend to, to gravitate to run away or to, to cause a fight and then run away, you know, and... <clears throat> when we allow our feelings to dictate our actions, we find that we can't kind of go in the right direction, that we, we might start in the right direction, but then a feeling happens, and we get deceived by our feeling, and we end up returning back to something, or we give up, or we quit, you know, and we get deceived that giving up and surrendering are the same thing. You know, so often that, you know, we hear that word surrender, that I'm to surrender this area or surrender that and surrender my will and surrender to God, you know, and, and 
we're trying to do the right thing and we're trying to surrender. And a lot of times in the process of surrendering, we just give up because we're deceived by what that really means. You know, so it's so important that we're allowing truth to dictate, you know, our steps. You know, when we live by our feelings and not by principles, that we we see that, you know, we it's hard to get things going in, in a straight line. It's, it's hard to pick up momentum because, you know, <clears throat> we we feel that this is the right thing to do. And then when that feeling changes or it didn't work out the way we think it should, I feel that this is the right thing to do. And, you know, as believers or, or men and women that are trying to, to get free from an area of sin, if we're allowing our feelings to, to, to dictate our choices, we're going to be very erratic. We're going to be over here and then we're going to be over there and then we're going to make this choice and make that choice. You know, through the years I have a lot of people that tell us that, you know, I feel that this is God, you know, and at that point, you know, is it God or is it not? I guess we're going to find out, won't we? You know, and a lot of times, including in my own life, I've been deceived because I wanted my feelings to to dictate, you know, and I tried to believe that, that God was going to do stuff and I've been rejected and I've had things not work and I've you know, thought that God was going to do this, and I thought that God was going to do that, and I thought the time frame of this season of waiting would be this amount of time, and, you know, and when we try to to hold on or be in control, we're deceiving ourselves that God is going to move in, in our time frame or our will, and we find that we get very frustrated and very discouraged because we're making up our own truth as we go along. And a lot of times that our truth really isn't truth. You know, <clears throat> that through the years, you know, growing up in, in different ways, you know, that, you know, I, you know, grew up in a broken home and there was some abuse, a lot of abuse, you know, so I did, you know, believe that I was not any good. And, because I wasn't any good and because I was rejected and because I was abandoned and because things were said over me and said to me that this lie got in my head and I was deceived that I'm just this worthless kid. And when I believe that I'm a worthless kid and I don't care about myself, I do a lot of stuff because what's the point? I don't care. You know, and we deceive ourselves with taking that attitude that I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You know, and, but truly, what the truth is on the inside is I care a lot. And I'm trying to make myself believe that I don't care. So I'm deceiving myself that I don't care. But then I become very risky in, in my decision making and my action. And, you know, I do a lot of destructive things because I'm trying to live out the lie that I don't care. You know, and, you know, even in, you know, in my own life, you know, you know, through broken relationships, you know, after my first real girlfriend and that went crazy, you know, I, I became very promiscuous. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, and, but the truth of the matter is, is that it affected me greatly, you know, but through using drugs and alcohol and being promiscuous that I'm the man, you know, because I'm doing this action, you know, I'm deceiving myself that I'm gaining worth, 
because of my actions. And, and truly, what I am doing is destroying myself. And I don't care. You know, and, you know, look at me. You know, and we have these areas in our lives that we, you know, tend to, to allow our pride or our ego to take us in really strong directions because we're trying to prove something to, us, to other people and, and sometimes to ourselves. And we stay stuck in places far too long because we're deceived that it should go our way. You know, I've spent a lot of years in deception, you know, and it, and it was, you know, very, you know, when I look back, there was a lot of evidence of how much I was deceived. You know, I was deceived that God wasn't real. You know, I was deceived that God didn't care. You know, I was deceived in which God to believe it. You know, and slowly, as I began to seek God, he began to break off deception and teach me what the truth was. You know, last week I was talking about condemnation. I was deceived in how God could forgive me because I I had this belief system that it had to happen my way. You know, and in our deception and in our control that we're trying to make God do it our way, and when he doesn't do it our, our way, that... We don't think that God is moving. And truth of the matter is, is God's moving all the time. A lot of times we're just deceived and we're focused on the wrong things. So it's important that we begin to spend a lot of time in our word. It's very important that we're not isolating. You know, ourselves alone with our own thoughts and our emotions is a breeding ground for the, the enemy to take us in very crazy directions, you know, and, and we become very deceived by the enemy because it's like he dangles the carrot in front of us and we're constantly chasing after something. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, he sets the snare. It looks good. And the second you take the bait, you know, he, you know, you're, you're ensnared, you're trapped. You know, he is the deceiver. He is the Lord of lies. You know, he you know, constantly is trying to trick us. You know, that AA would say that, you know, alcohol is cunning, baffling, and powerful. You know, the enemies, you know, the Bible tells us that the devil comes to kill, rob, and destroy. You know, that he is trying to destroy our relationships with people. He's trying to destroy our lives. He's trying to prevent us from connecting to God. And a lot of times we get deceived in the fact that we've sinned so much that God can't possibly forgive me or God can't possibly love me or, you know, I'm... I'm worthless, so God, you know, is making, is punishing me. You know, when we look in the Bible, that's just not true. You know, that he, he laid his life down for us when we were still sinners, that he, he reached down into the, the miry clay and pulled us out, that he, he wants to wash our slate clean with the blood of Jesus. You know, there's verses after verses after verses that we have to begin to speak over our lives so that we can find the freedom that comes with living in the truth. You know, and, you know, John, uh, it tells us that, or Jesus tells us that, if you know my teachings and obey them and live by them, then you are my disciples, and then the truth will set you free. But so often we just claim, you know, we proclaim that last part. Well, the truth is going to set you free, you know. But there's truths in this life, you know, that don't bring a lot of freedom. Like the fact that a strawberry has more vitamin C in it than an orange. Like that truth has set me free tonight, Tom. You know, that, 
you know, the first bomb dropped in like World War One killed the only elephant in the Berlin Zoo. Like, ooh, that, you know, that truth really sets me free. That, you know, an ostrich's egg's bigger than its brain. Like, ooh, that truth is setting me free. Like, there's truths in our lives that aren't bringing freedom. But biblical truth, when we begin to apply these principles, we're progressing towards freedom. We're pro- progressing towards Jesus. And the lie is that, you know, I picked up my Bible today, or I prayed today, or I went to church today, or I did the right thing today, or I put my, you know, substance down today, or I decided to change today, so instantly everything is going to get better. You know, the longer you walk with Christ, you'll realize that the idea of this happy, joyous, and free existence because you're a Christian is not real, and that can be very deceiving too. You know, you watch some of these TV preachers and the way they tell us that everything's supposed to go and we're supposed to have riches and and glory and walk without disease and this and that. And it's like, what about the Christians that are poor? And what about the Christians that got cancer? And what about this one? Oh, that's not real faith. And I'm like, you know, you're a charlatan. You're a deceiver. You know, and we have to recognize these types of, you know, deceptions that are spoken because we get very discouraged when what other people are telling us should be happening isn't happening or isn't happening in the time frame that it's supposed to happen you know that you know we can be deceived that being single is this awful thing you know and it's a difficult thing i won't lie but what i find more difficult is constantly being in the wrong relationships you know that i've been single now for 13 years you know and i pray all the time for a wife you know, and it's important for me to continue to trust God and, you know, the enemy comes along and tries to deceive me or, and, you know, entice me or, or, or discourage me. And I have to say, God, it's your will. I lay this thing down and I trust you, you know, and, you know, areas of finances, you know, that, you know, we're trying to get on our feet and we're trying to do the right thing. And, you know, and, it, and sometimes it takes a long time to dig out of our debt because, we spent many, many years blowing our money and not spending it on the right things and not paying bills. You know, I spent many years throwing bills just in the garbage can, like, yep, not paying that. You know, I mean, even into my Christianity, you know, I'd get bills and like, yeah, not today. Until, you know, the national grid wants to shut off your lights. You're like, okay, time to pay them. You know, like, I was deceived that I can continue to live a certain way and not have consequences. You know, a lot of times we, you know, allow sin into our lives and we know that it's sin, you know, but it's, oh, the Bible, you know, it's not really relevant today, you know, and we make these excuses and justifications for our actions and we were deceived in the fact that, you know, the Bible is clear about certain things, that the wages of sin is death and that certain consequences will come, but, you know, it didn't come today, so I guess I'm good, you know, and there's grace and there's mercy and God's love, but. Sometimes, you know, things end in a a collision course in a train wreck with devastation. And we don't know why these things are happening other than that we were deceived thinking that I could just keep going in the direction I'm going. That I can keep sneaking, you know, know, drugs and alcohol and no one's going to find out. You know, I can keep robbing somebody and no one's going to find out. You know, it's so important that we realize that, you know, our sin finds us out. You know, and it's not to scare us. It's just that the reality of it is God knows everything. 
He's he's at work in our lives, you know, and he works all these things together for good according to his plan and his purposes, you know. And so often that we we want, you know, God to do what we want him to do, and then we get a couple of steps in the right direction and things are going great and we're like, yeah, see, you know, this is okay, and then all of a sudden things get crazy, and we're like, oh, see, you know, God, you know, where's God now? And it's like, well, we turned our back on some level. You know, and it's important that we allow ourselves to be changing. You know, that none of us have it all figured out. You know, a couple of years ago, God really revealed to me that we're always in denial. And I didn't quite get that at first. I'm not in denial that I have a drug and alcohol problem. But I am denial in some area in my life right now that needs to be changed. And I don't quite realize how much it needs to change and how much it's affecting me. You know, but, you know, eventually I come to this conclusion that God starts revealing new things that need to change. You know, that we're always progressing towards Christ's likeness. And therefore, because I didn't wake up today very Jesus-y, you know, there's change that needs to take place in my life. You know, you know, I've been struggling with my weight for many, many, many years. You know, and I do really good for a while, and I do very poor for a while, and I do very good for a while, and, you know, and I deceive myself that every time that I begin to slip, that it's not that big of a deal. You know, and then 10 pounds after 10 pounds after 10 pounds begins to come, you know, and I I gained 50 pounds real fast, and it's like I'm deceived to the fact that I can continue to live this way with no consequence. You know, I'm getting older, and someday, you know, my lifestyle choices could catch up to me, and I could have stuff that, you know, is irreversible. You know, and I can't continue to deceive myself that I can live a certain way and not have things that affect me. You know, so it's important that we realize that, you know, every one of us has an area in our life that we don't want to be there. You know, and sometimes we deceive ourselves that it's going to be easy to get rid of it. But a lot of the things that we like or that we don't want to be there are stuff that we still kind of enjoy. You know, but we we see every now and again how it it brings consequences in our lives. Or, you know, it brings depression or anxiety or, or it brings brokenness in our relationships. You know, and we have to realize that one prayer and one day in the right direction you know, doesn't necessarily mean that breakthrough is going to happen. We have to realize that one week in a, a couple of prayers or, or one month and a lot of prayers, you know, we may have to go through, you know, a, a trial, a valley, you know, fighting this thing off to the best of our ability, resisting the enemy and submitting to God. And, and God makes the enemy go away, that we have to bring every thought captive and bring it back to the obedience of Christ. You know, what does that mean? It's like, what does the Bible say? about this, you know, area, about this topic, about this situation, you know, and when we begin to apply biblically into our lives to the best of our ability, you know, when we begin to live by those principles, we watch our footsteps begin to to gain momentum as we're starting to point ourselves towards Jesus. And there's times that trials are going to happen, you know, well, I'm doing all the right things, you know, don't we remind Jesus how good we've been lately when something bad happens? I know I do. Like, this shouldn't be happening. Look at all this good stuff that I do. You know, and we're deceived that trials don't come when you're behaving yourself. 
you know, why at least I'm not doing this sin anymore. Why is this happening? Well, you know, things, life happens, you know, life on life's terms happen, things happen, trials happen. You know, sin is in this world still working itself out. And Jesus uses, you know, our sin and other people's sin to, to create trials in our lives. And, and sometimes things just happen because things happen and we don't quite understand it. And we may not understand it for some time. And then, you know, we begin to see, you know, more clearly after we've gotten through the storm that we're like, oh, that makes more sense now. You know, we were watching a movie, you know, life can only be understood by looking backwards, but it can only be lived by walking forwards. You know, and so often we're trying to walk backwards and live our life forwards because we're so scared for staring at our past. So we're deceived that our past has to dictate our future. You know, how often do we get stuck in these mindsets that, you know, because one person cheated on us or one person hurt us or one person lied to us or one person stole from us, then everybody's going to do those things. You know, and we stay stuck in this deception that, you know, everybody's an awful person and we stay very, you know, closed and we don't let people in and we keep people at bay. You know, you know, I remember very clearly, you know, as I was early in recovery and I was very much a porcupine, you know, I hurt, you know, I just kept everybody at bay. My anger was just out of control. You know, I kept everybody at arm's length. You know, and I'm like, why am I alone all the time? And I'm like, you were just an absolute miserable person. You know, I was deceived that in that sense that, you know, I can continue to have outbursts of anger at people and wonder why, I, you know, nobody wants to hang out with cute and cuddly Tom. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes our actions and our behaviors have to be addressed, you know, so that we can begin to move forward. You know, so often that we have these areas and we don't really realize that they're in there. You know, as I've worked through, you know, many steps with people through the years, you know, and even doing my own step work without Jesus, you know, you know, you do this searching and fearless moral inventory, you know, and, and you're doing the best you can. I mean, honestly, I, when I first originally did it, I honestly did the, the best that I thought I could do. But what happens is that you begin to address things, but there's these lies that are still in there, you know, that I'm unlovable or I'm never going to be loved, you know, that I'm unworthy, you know, because of this sin or that sin, we have this lie that's in there. Well, God loves you and, and like you hear it and you may be able to tell it to somebody else, but deep down inside, you're still like, no, I'm not any good. You know, I, I've sinned too much. You know, I've, I've done the wrong thing too many times. You know, I, I'm going to have to pay this consequence forever. You know, and <clears throat> we don't know the will of God. You know, there's certain things that, you know, we've done and actions have happened and crazy things have happened in our lives. And we're still paying the consequences of some of that stuff. Even, you know, weeks, months, years later, because we're still undigging from the mountain. But... You know, even in my own life, and we all have to live our own lives, but in my own life, you know, at some point when I, I started chipping away at the mountain and chipping away at the mountain and, you know, this is never going to end, this is never going to end, this is never going to end. Eventually it was like I started to get into clearing and I'm like, life's getting better. You know, and that can be part of deception too is that, 
you know, what's the point of doing the work? Because it's never going to get better. So if it's never going to get better, then we don't really do the work. You know, and we stay stuck in this place because we're not really putting all the effort forward to change and things aren't changing. And then we're like, see, it's always going to suck. So we keep this, this mindset, this circular thinking that goes around and around because we're deceived in this sense that if I do nothing, you know, then, you know, the miracle's going to happen. Like all of a sudden the angel of the Lord is going to show up in our house and boom, you know, everything's just perfect. You know, life's never going to be perfect. You know, you know, if I had this car, if I had this, you know, this perfect relationship, or if I had all this money, you know, that's deceiving because we watch, you know, movie stars and famous people, you know, die of drug overdoses because they're just not happy or commit suicide because they're just not happy. So a lot of the things that we think is going to bring happiness or fulfillment is deceiving us because the only thing that can truly bring satisfaction and, and fulfillment to us is Jesus Christ. You know, and we think sometimes that if I get this job or if I had this money or if this debt was gone or if this relationship never happened or if this relationship would happen, then I would be happy and everything would be perfect. And then tomorrow happened and everything wasn't, you know, and we have to realize that Jesus is the only one that can deal with the matters of the heart. He's the only one that can heal our path. He's the only one that can order our steps, you know, that we can make plans. You know, and I had many plans, and this wasn't one of them. You know, and but I, I'm so glad that I stopped trying to live my life my way, thinking, you know, that that was going to turn out okay, because all it did was, you know, create chaos and, and a lot of pain in my life. You know, and and I never wanted to be a Jesus freak. I remember going to the altar for the very first time. I was like, what are you doing? You're gonna become one of them people. You know, and it was very hard for me. And even as an early Christian, we'd go out and some of the Christians that were with me would be very outspoken about Jesus and they would talk to people in restaurants. And I'm like, don't do that around me. I don't want people to know. And now I'm that guy. That's awesome. Thanks, Jesus. You know, that wherever I go, I'm always talking about Jesus. You know, I mean, it's interesting. You know, in the last week, I've ran into two of my drug dealers. You know, hey, what are you doing? Still doing that church thing. Oh, okay. You know, you know and it, it's it's just funny. You know, I, I don't think either one of them are really dealing drugs. They might be doing some, but, you know, they see the difference in me. You know, but, you know, it, it's funny how we start putting one foot in front of the other. And sometimes it's just putting our head down and focus on Jesus and focus on what's right in front of us and, and let go of where it's going to end up. Just knowing that I I got to get away. I got to stop doing this stuff. I got to get away from these people. I got to put this substance down. I got to leave that computer alone. I got to leave them cupcakes alone. And we just kind of put our head down and get in the mode and saying, this is going to take a while. And we just start pressing forward. You know, I used to go into ACC a lot, the Addiction Crisis Center, and speak. And I would tell them that this is going to suck. And if you don't get out of the deception that it's going to be this happy, joyous, and free, you know, living on a pink cloud, you know, that you have to get in the mindset that this is going to be really hard. It's probably going to be the hardest thing you ever did. And it's going to suck for a while. You know, but, you know, if you leave these substances alone, you leave these relationships alone, you leave this lifestyle alone, you know, the promises are true. 
that if I seek God, he can relieve anything. You know, he can heal anything. You know, I absolutely believe that. Will it happen in my time frame? No, because I wanted it yesterday. I want it right now, and I want probably two or three of them. It would be great if I had more money, if I, you know, had this or I had that. You know, and God, you know, and we pray, and we get, you know, pressing into them, and then it doesn't happen, and we're like, eh, prayer doesn't work. You know, and we were deceived that, you know, we, we, we tried prayer, and it didn't work. Or, you know, we tried reading that Bible, and it didn't work. You know, we, we tried doing the right thing, and it didn't work. And we have to realize that some things take time. You know, patience is, is one of the funnest things to learn. The only way to, to learn it is it takes a long time to learn it. You know, but the truth of the matter is, is as we begin this process and we try to be as patient as possible, and you're, you're going to fail. I know I do. There's times I, I get impatient still today. You know, and God just lets me know, like, just trust me, just trust me. And I'm like, and I get deceived that sometimes I can't trust him because it's not happening as fast as I think it should or in the way that I think it should. You know, and it's it's so important that we begin to think about what we're thinking about. You know, and it's not to, to overly consume, you know, that there's the, the saying that we have paralysis by analysis, you know, and, and some of us do that, that we just overthink. You know, but when we start seeing certain emotions begin to pop up and then you know and all of a sudden there's this track record of this emotion happens and then I get angry and then I do this and then I say I give up you know what initially started that first emotion and we start to recognize the pathway you know certain things happen in certain ways you know if we look back over the past couple of months you know that this happened this happened this happened boom this happened this happened, this happened, this happened, boom, this happened. And we say, all right, when, what's happening when this happens? You know, we start to recognize that this is the starting point. That's not the starting point. That's the end. You know, but, you know, they always say that relapse starts, you know, weeks or months ahead of time. It starts in our thinking before we ever get there. You know, and if we stay in this, you know, types of emotion or types of thinking, it produces destruction. And we don't even realize that we're doing it because we're allowing that, you know, you know, I can't do it, or this is going to suck, or, you know, this is too hard for me, or, you know, I don't want to do this. You know, there's different things that we speak over ourselves on a regular basis, and we don't even realize that we're doing it. You know, something the Lord showed me many years ago is that, Tom, what if I followed you around with a recorder in your mind, and it recorded all the things that you said over yourself in any given day, all the negativity that you'd speak over yourself? And then I played it back to you at the end of the day. I'm like, I'll fight that dude. You know, he's a jerk. You know, and the truth of the matter is, is that we speak these horrible things over ourselves. And we're deceived. That, and I can speak these horrible things over myself on a daily basis and it's not going to affect us. That we have to start paying attention to the, all the negativity that we allow to, to be flowing through our minds. It might not always come out of our mouth, but a lot of times it does, you know. A lot of times that we have all this negativity in, our, in our, our minds and then it starts coming out of our mouths and then our actions follow. You know, very rarely are you going to have a lot of negativity in your mind and it's not going to come out of your words. You know, and not have it affect your action. So we have to come out of the deception that I can think all this negativity. 
I can say all this negativity and it's not going to affect my actions. And I have to begin to pay attention to some of this stuff. You know, you know, a few years ago, you know, God was really challenging me with fear, anxiety, trusting him. You know, and, you know, there was a couple of messages by people that I, I really value what they say. And, and it really hit me. And it's like, I am totally speaking all this negativity in my, into my own life. You know, and I started catching it quicker and quicker. You know, and I use Philippians, you know, 4, you know, 6 and 7, pray about everything. And peace of God, understand, come, don't be anxious, trust, you know, be thankful. You know, and I just, I squished it down. And I just started saying, a peace beyond understanding, a peace beyond understanding, a peace beyond understanding. And I started recognizing those thoughts as they began to, to lift or start to come into my mind. And I blocked the thoughts and I'd say, a peace beyond understanding, a peace beyond understanding, a peace beyond understanding. And lo and behold, within weeks, all of a sudden there was this shifting in my life because I wasn't allowing all this negativity to happen. You know, many, many years ago, you know, as I was just getting saved, you know, that... You know, I had this girlfriend that I was addicted to, you know, and that went on for many years, and I was miserable because of it. And she came into my workplace, and I instantly got out of the room because it was this love-hate relationship, you know, and she, and I loved to be around her, but it just destroyed me when she wouldn't do what I wanted her to do. And I went into to where my my room was and I closed the door and I'm like, you know, God, take this out of my life. And it was like the Holy Spirit's like, do you really want this out of your life? And I was like, it stopped me. Like, wait, you're supposed to, you're supposed to answer those prayers. And he's like challenging me with a question. And I was new to the Holy Spirit. So it was like kind of tricky. And I'm like, well, no, I don't want her out of my life. I just want her to do what I want her to do. And it was like, which do you want? Because I've been trying for two years to get her to do what I wanted her to do, and it didn't work out real well. I almost did some really bad things. But <clears throat> and I began to realize that I have to become willing, you know. And and that's where the willingness prayer began: is to give me the willingness to let go and the willingness to forgive. Because part of the reason that I hung on to that relationship for such a long time is that I'd invested so much time that I don't want to give up now because I know there's potential in this person. You know, and there is potential in every person. But if I'm not working on my own junk and they're not working on their junk, most likely, you know, there's going to be a lot of chaos. You know, and I began to pray. God, give me the willingness to forgive and the willingness to let go. And every time that I would think of her or any sort of anger or depression thoughts, I would start to block that thought with give me the willingness to forgive and the willingness to let go. And a few weeks had passed, just a couple of weeks, probably three or four, not even maybe. And it was my birthday. And being, you know, a Christian and early sober, like, what do you do for fun? Like, nothing is fun. <clears throat> let's go bowling, yay, let's get a cake, this is going to be amazing, I'm 30 years old, I'm bowling and having cake, this is great, and we walk into the bowling alley, and there she is, 
and it's like instantly you're like are you ready to let go of this addiction and it like hit me it's like am I really ready am I willing to let go because I you know in the back of my head I'm, I'm deceiving myself to thinking that someday it's going to get instantly they're just going to wake up out of the cloud and realize how awesome I am you know and you know it's hard it's hard letting go of something that you've invested a lot of time in, you know, but, you know, you can try, you can hang in there and you can pray and you can see if one more time can, you know, one more go around can, can be different next time. But the truth of the matter is, is, you know, there's a principle of never back always forward. And if I go back to what I've always done, I'm going to get what I've always got. So to have something new, I got to try something new. I got to do something new. I got to live a new way, and that way is following Christ. You know, and one more deception that we we get is that following Christ is boring. You know, and you know there was a video that we watched you know a while ago, and you know the person in the video you know had all this stuff hooked up to their brain, and they ate a strawberry. And it had all this sensory stuff go off in their brain of pleasure. And you could see the pleasure on the person's face. And then they had that person eat like a Snickers bar or something. And then they ate a strawberry and all this ugh, sour. And when we're, we're seeking after counterfeit things, it feels pleasurable, but it's sickening. And when the truth and, and when fruit of the spirits and, and when godly stuff, you know, which would be a very amazing, nourishing, sweet, awesome thing in our lives. But when we're so used to sin, godly stuff seems bitter. You know, and when we, we begin to realize that, that doing things in a godly way are better. You know, you know, many years ago, you know, it was told to me that my next level of recovery is on the other side of the suggestion that I won't take. And, you know, I'm coming back into recovery, and the suggestion that I would never take is staying out of relationships. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to stay out of relationships this time. And it was very difficult. You know, I would consider myself a sexual addict, and I was definitely very codependent. You know, and, but it's just sex. You know, but... The truth of the matter is, you know, I was deceived in how much that was affecting me. You know, and if you would have told me back then that I would have 11 and a half years celibate, you know, there is no way I would have taken that commitment. You know, but I was deceived in the fact that living a pure life and living a single life could be a bad thing. And I am so blessed today. Like, to look back at the man that I once was many years ago, you know, doing things my way and in and out of relationships and, and, and chasing drugs and alcohol and very angry, all this really deception in my life. And when I started to live godly ways and do godly things, my life got better than I could ever imagine. You know, if you even told the man that I was, you know, a decade ago where I would be today, there's no way that you could convince that man of the truth because I was so deceived. You know, and many of us sitting here and many of us listening to this, that 
if we would just hang in for the ride, we would be blown away by what God has in store for us. But we believe some of the lies of the enemy that it's always going to be this hardship and, and painful thing. And it doesn't mean that life doesn't have its ups and its downs, but I cannot even fathom the life that I have today because I've been following God and I've been living his way and it's been difficult and it's been trying and I've shed many tears and I've been very frustrated and been very angry at God at times and yelled at him and screamed at him and you know and he told me that I couldn't manipulate him in my anger and that may be angrier and you know but as I continue to surrender my life and trust in Jesus I am amazed how he continues to put all these things and people in my life and I am a blessed man today you know that someday we're going to have you know, some video document, you know, you know, of the way that I used to be. So some of you guys can, you know, see what other people say about how awful of a person I once was. Because many of you that have met me recently only see this person. You know, and you hear some of these stories and you think I'm deceiving you. And the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus did a lot of work and a very, very broken man, you know, and, I've come to realize that it doesn't matter what any of us struggle with. If we turn these things over to Jesus and do it his way and hang in there, breakthrough happens. You know, and it doesn't come in my time frame. You know, very rarely does it. You know, and suddenly it can happen and prayer is very powerful and, and Jesus can do whatever he wants to do. But life is life. And, you know, and sometimes we got to get into the mindset that this is going to be a grind and we just got to press forward and not give up. You know, you know, we rejoice in our trial because he's teaching us to persevere and strengthen our character. And our hope is in our salvation through the Holy Spirit. You know, our hope is in give me what I want right now. You know, that's deception. You know, our hope is in Christ. And when we put our hope in Christ and put our focus in Christ and follow Christ, everything begins to fall into place. And, you know, and I'll end with this is that many years ago, Bono, the lead singer to U, uh, U2, would go to this Catholic priest that he had a relationship with, and he would always ask for his, you know, whatever he was about to do to be blessed. You know, and it was like a new album, I think. And he went to him, he's like, Father, will you bless this? And he turned to him, he's like, if you figure out what God's doing, that's already blessed. And it really hit him. And like, well, what is God doing? It's like, because we're so focused on what we're doing, we lose track that God could be doing stuff in our lives. And now Bono is, you know, this big, big advocate for hunger in, in Africa, and he's done a, a ton of work because he realized that God was already blessing this work that was happening in Africa, and he joined that team, and all of a sudden, all these things began to happen. You know, so if we would really get our eyes off our own problem sometimes and ask God, what are you trying to do in my life, and get our focus on him, all of a sudden, all these blessings will start to pop up in our lives because we're stopped doing it our way and stop trying to force our will. Would you just bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, I ask that you would just be with us this evening, Lord, and, and really begin to, to pull down these strongholds of deception, Lord, things that we believe about ourselves, things that we, we believe about you, you know, that you would really begin to show us the truth, that you would begin to, to reveal truth to us, Lord, that you know us better than 
anyone in this entire world, Lord, that you, you know the intimacy of our heart. You know the workings of our mind. You know what we think. You know what we feel. So, Lord, I ask that you would begin to position us in a place for breakthrough, that we would begin to hear and receive truth, as your word says, that we would recognize the truth when we hear it. Lord, so help us to begin to live by that truth, that, that truth that is in your word, that we would begin to obey it, and that we would see that the truth is setting us free. Lord, help us to recognize any plot, any scheme, any plan, any deception of the enemy, so that we can begin to, to, to break free from the traps that have been set before us, and even maybe the traps that we're living in today. Lord, we need you so much to, to change our lives and heal our hearts and renew our minds. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.